Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing great. Why are you doing great, David? Uh, well, first, uh, a weight has been lifted from my shoulders. It sure has. Because we did our first live show last night. And yeah. it, it went smashingly. It, it sure did. And... Uh, yeah, against I, the uh, odds. Is smashingly a word? I know I haven't been introduced yet, but I really want confirmation that that is a word that can be used outside of the UK. It's in the Urban Dictionary <laughs> under slang. <laughs> in the UK. Cheerio! The other um, reason I'm in, a, I'm in a great mood is because we, we have uh, uh, our friends Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini are, are back on the show. Although... <laughs> Chris hasn't actually technically been on right. the show that you've heard before. Right, we right. recorded a for fun episode. We just decided to crash the hard drive for giggles. It was great, and no one will ever hear it. It's like <laughs> it was uh, pretty solid. It's like yeah. a Picasso drawing in the sand. You know, yeah. when high tide comes, it's gone. Yeah, it's just for anybody who is there, just for you the know? people in the room. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was it was very it was very nice, and it is a shame that we lost that episode. But uh, we've got this one now, and. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm thrilled and to see no where computer, it goes. we have no computer, so we'll see what happens. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this isn't hooked up to anything. Yeah. Is that a problem? <laughs> I we think just we'll like hanging right. out yeah. with you guys. No, it's, just, it's cool. We're it's speaking cool. into soup cans. Yeah, <laughs> It's weird. Three guys holding soup cans at a, an apartment yeah. in the valley. This is really fun. I think they shoot porn here. Yeah. We in, actually, in soup cans. We actually do. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh, David. Huh, excuse me. So, uh, so how you got? Oh, so Grandma and Chris Mancini are here. Did you say that already? Yes, from okay. the uh, comedyfilmnerds.com. Yeah, Indeed. and In- podcast. In- yes, and now so, podcast. Yeah. So that's very exciting. How's everything going with uh, Comedy Film Nerds? It's been going great. Really growing every month. People are starting to discover us, and uh, the podcast has actually been doing really well. Mm-hmm. Podcast has been amazing. We, you know, I think you guys even suggested it, and other people who like the site were like, "You guys mm-hmm. should do a podcast." We we're like, "Yeah, maybe," and then we do it, and it's really like we're getting a lot of subscribers every day, awesome. and it's um. It's, it's, it's like a million a day, isn't it's it? It's a million a day. We have 400 million people listening yeah. to us nice. right now. Um, <laughs> Sounds like you've been doing about 400 days. Yeah. About yes. That. yes. Yep. yep. 400 days. <laughs> 400 days of lies. Just this year. Uh, <laughs> that's the sequel to 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah it's been, the site has been great. We started doing a live show the third Tuesday of every month at the Improv, mm-hmm. um, and that's been great. Uh, we will have a new show February 16th. I don't okay. know when this episode will air, but today, tonight, today. tonight. <laughs> boom, nice. sixteen. Put it in the books. Um, so that's been great. I think we're we're really really happy. We redesigned the site in the fall. Yep, we, there's still a lot more to do. Like we want to get the message boards up, and we but we started a newsletter, and things are coming along slowly but surely. Yeah, we've added new writers and new products, and uh, Chris's book Pacify Me, which has done well. That's right, and. Uh, uh, it's great running a business out of a garage with a guy that's a single father. Yeah. Uh, not single father. No, I'm just sorry. I just divorced you. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, what do you Audrey. know? What do you know that I don't know? Oh, my God. Yeah, your wife, she left you. You didn't know yeah, that? Know. Um, she gave me the car. Yeah, she said it on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I think you meant stay at home. Stay at dad. home. Dad. What yeah. do I know? I don't have kids. And, and, you know, <laughs> and you know what the abbreviation abbreviation for stay-at-home dad is s-h-a-d which spells sad wow <laughs> stay-at-home dad yeah but it's been great i mean that actually gives us another employee an 18 month old that yells when we see a bad movie or talk yeah, about so that. we have yeah. to work around his nap schedule yeah. <laughs> griffin's waking up hurry finish finished your article graham um so yeah the site's the site's been great and we're really happy with it and um you know we've got uh, doug benson's new cd mm-hmm. unbalanced load we have autographed copies for sale we have in my- fact we're the only ones that 
that have uh, Doug Benson package where you get both mm-hmm. the CDs and a T-shirt oh, uh, nice. and they're all signed. Yeah, buy nice. his both CDs. We throw in a T-shirt for free. We have my new CD. The comedian's got a boo boo signed so, and personalized. Yeah, oh, mine. I'll personalize it because I've got time in that garage. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is changing a diaper. I can sign a CD out exactly. to one of your many fans out that, there. That's how we split up the responsibilities. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you were telling us before we started recording how your CD came about. Yeah, the CD came about actually. Um, of the last two years, I've been on the road heavy. Most of it yeah. with Doug. Benson. What's the name of it, Graham? It's called "The Comedian's Got a Boo Boo," and it's available <laughs> at comedyfilmnerds dot com. Signed and personalized. Signed and personalized. All major <laughs> credit cards accepted. It's really weird. Um, <laughs> Real quick, I'm sorry. Uh, now, how did you arrive? Now, I know that it's it's part of a part of a bit on the CD. But how did how do you how does a comedian arrive at a title? Uh, for his CD. And quite frankly, how did you not go Palm Strike? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it is... Chris wanted me to go Palm Strike. I did. Okay. I did. like, yeah. you gotta go Palm Strike. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I've been doing uh, that so much and it's great. And I have the shirts, I sell shirts and the fans love it. But I was yeah. like, I just wanted to just... It's the Palm Strike bit is on there. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't want to only. That's it. My only right, right. thing is the Palm Strike guy. Mm-hmm. Like, like if it, like if Jim Gaffigan were to like do one just called Hot Pockets or something. Yeah, it's like, like his mm-hmm. whole thing is Hot Pockets twenty four seven. I was like, yeah. I just I love doing that bit. Yeah. If I ever become hugely famous and everyone knows it, I will still come out and Palm Strike shit because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike stands talk a lot of smack, quite honestly, <laughs> and they have it coming. Um, but I, so the, I just I just wanted to. Do, it was my first ever album. Mm-hmm. Like I'd done Did the you DVD- just say album? Album Yeah What? Did I say <laughs> No I'm just saying It's uh, People don't use that word anymore. No they don't It's a it's a record <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> We're gonna listen to it On my hi-fi And it's yeah. gonna be fun We're gonna dance It's a phonograph It's a phonograph it's, It is And uh, I like the it coming talkies. out on 8-track too It's coming out on 8-track <laughs> And we might go see A talkie color picture yeah. Later today <laughs> Um so I, I, I just uh, I've been on the road a lot. You you both asked me two questions. Um, Sorry, it's all right. It's two people. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, I've been on the road a lot. I had and rooftop. You know, will play clips of your video clips of your act if you go to rooftopcomedy.com and they're very supportive of comics and they asked me in the summer if I wanted to record mm-hmm. and I was like, well, how do we do this? They're like, well, you know, our our four or five of their clubs that they have across the country are just wired. We said. They go, we saw that, see that you're at Go Bananas in Cincinnati. And we did it there, and it just technically it just didn't work. I love that club in Cincinnati, but it just didn't work. And then they said, well, that didn't work. Well, we see that in October you're going to be at Acme in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and it'll just be coming off the 13-state medical marijuana tour that I had done with Doug. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And That's so, also where the Sklars did their first album, right? It's, it's a great club. Yeah, Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis is a, is a great club. The Sklars have done an, an album there. I think maybe Maria Bamford might have done an album oh, there because right. she's from Minneapolis. Um, Bamford's got a couple albums out, I yeah. know, but I think one of them was from there. It's it's just a great rockin' Midwest club. Mm-hmm. Louis Lee, who runs the club, he runs a great room. It's 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 been successful through the ups and downs of comedy. And... Uh, and so it's just it's just great. And so they just record the whole weekend of shows. Rooftop said, you know, we, we put up and do all the work for you and we get behind you on it. And I was like, let's do it. And then mm-hmm. I was as I was listening to the tracks, um, I was like, the, the we since we had just come off the 13th State Medical Marijuana Tour and a lot of the material on there I had written from that tour like um the hippie dancing and mm-hmm. and all that stuff from a lot of the shows on the on the east coast i just was like i kind of wanted to put that stamp on it like mm-hmm. that it's kind of unique to that mm-hmm. tour a little bit and all the fans that came out for that tour 
Doug's crazy stoner fans are the most loyal band of <laughs> toked up lunatics you're ever going to find. I love perform. I love performing. It's like Grateful Dead fans. They are. They're. 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 Uh, it's awesome. Mm. And they will. They've it seen. It may be it. exactly like Grateful. <laughs> yeah, Dead. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> it's the same fan yeah. base. Um. Just younger versions of them. Uh, no. Could you quickly sum up what the what the medical marijuana tour was? Yeah. Uh, Doug Benson and I went to the 13 states where medical marijuana is legal, and we did it in 13 days. And we did it in October of 2009, and we went. Uh, it was it was the craziest thing I've ever. The only time I've ever been more tired was the, the Iraq and Afghanistan trips. Right. Um, and you get shot at a little more. Yeah, uh, the stoners don't <laughs> typically bring weapons. Um, so that's what it was. So we started in Providence, Rhode Island, and we went. Rhode Island, Maine, Vermont, Michigan, Montana, Colorado, Nevada, New Mexico, California, Oregon, uh, Washington, Alaska, and finished in Hawaii. That's ama- amazing. It was that nuts. You went Alaska to Hawaii. We went Alaska, <laughs> then San Francisco, then right. Hawaii. <laughs> it's you know I've I, I've heard that uh, that list of of states, and there's a lot of states on there that you wouldn't expect to be like like Montana, for example, is. Is. Well, the, when you say medical marijuana, you're talking about if they have any type of legislation that, that where that's mm-hmm. legal. It's not most of those states are not even close to where California is, where you have dispensaries and right, you just right. walk down Venice Beach and just mm-hmm. go in there and have a quote doctor unquote give you a prescription <laughs> for, for your ills for stress. Yeah, my my <laughs> eyelashes hurt. You know, yeah. Yeah. you know, my ears yeah. are weird. This will help me sleep. Yeah, <laughs> my hair feels dumb. Yeah. I lost my iPod. I lost my iPod. I just can't deal with it. Dude, smoke it out. Um, So some of those states, you know, have like a lot more strict ways of getting the medical marijuana, but it's legal nonetheless. And I, Mm -hmm. and I, while I don't smoke it, I think it should be legalized. Well, Mm. Doug Benson lives in California. What does that tell you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what the tour and that's, that's kind of, it just worked out perfectly for the album. And that's where I came up with the comedians got a boo boo because. They're going to get palm striked enough. <laughs> <laughs> and hello, sequel title. Sequel title, <laughs> Palm Strike Returns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what the second next CD is going to be And then called. after that, Revenge of Palm Strike. Reven- Son of Palm Strike. Yep. Strike Been- harder. Strike Palm Strike. Strike harder. <laughs> palm Strike forever. Palm Strike forever. <laughs> Beneath <laughs> Palm Strike. Palm yeah. Strike the Reckoning. Palm Strike the Reckoning. <laughs> Two Palm Strikes for Sister Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, wow, we and could then, do that for an hour, actually. Yeah, yeah. you could. You yeah. could literally just continue. Did anybody Palm Strike the Evolution? Yeah, we Towering Palm Strike. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of 70s movies. Palm Strike Now. A Palm, a palm Strike Now or something? I'm like, that's a real stretch. That's a real stretch. Well, that actually Close is... Encounters of the Palm Strike. <laughs> the Palm Strike Father? Yeah. Uh, that actually, it kind of brings up my... Uh... Oh, my, what is that? I don't know. It's going fine uh, up top. I'm not sure what that is. Are we going to lose another episode, you guys? Let's take a break. Not a break, but let's stop, save, and continue. Okay. All right. And we're back. Okay. Okay. Um, What a great sponsor. Wow. I would buy that product. (laughs) Oh, it's amazing. They're good stuff. That's great. You know, I don't even work for those people. Uh, Um, I will now. What was I going to? Oh, yeah. Uh, That actually, it reminds me of a uh, a game that my my friends and I like to play, which is to take movie subtitles and pair them 
not subtitles like you know like a foreign film uh, and then pair them with a different title and like one of my favorites is uh, uh, like the odd couple two rise of the machines <laughs> because it really like it just it really like all of a sudden like whoa Felix and Oscar are in serious trouble now well and just, yeah uh, Julia, I don't know it's Julie like, and Julia too pig in the city <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun game to play. Oh, is God. there an app for that? Yeah, there's got to be. There's got to be. There's got to be a way to trademark that. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of games that I enjoy playing. Uh, David and I, when we lived together, we would play. We wouldn't announce that we were playing it, but it's the what I've what I've started to call the get everything wrong game, <laughs> where I will say, it's like, oh, you know who I really like? I really like that uh, Harrison Ford. And then Dave would say something like, "Like I'm a big fan of his cars. He's great." And it's like, "No, what? Do you, no, you're talking about you know Toyota or whatever." And then you just go back and forth, uh, just constantly misinterpreting what the person has said, and do it for, for about 15 minutes. So, <laughs> yeah. boy, that sounds like a great uh, fun. <laughs> it's hilarious. I I enjoy it immensely. Because Out of that 15 minutes, and I'm going to ask Dave this. <laughs> okay, go ahead. How long does it take before it gets tedious? <laughs> it never gets. Tedious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never. Uh, we're in a haunted house. I don't know if you can hear the squeaking door. <laughs> that is not the first time that comparison has been made. Really? Outstanding. To that door. But, we're uh, doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, I guess we can get into the topic now. <laughs> Let's get into it, shall yeah. we? All right. The topic uh, is haunted houses. <laughs> <laughs> the others. Uh, that's, all I, that's all I care the about. Others. That's a great movie. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, it, you know, last time we had you guys on the show, the Lost episode, right. it was it was not about Lost. It was right. about uh, the, it was, was about it? summer movies. <laughs> What's that? Uh, yeah. Or was it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was summer movies. We talked about how it was the summer of the independent. I remember that uh-huh. conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, um, we've got another sort of uh, topical episode mm-hmm. uh, this time. Uh, on Tuesday, the uh, the Academy Award nominees were announced, and yeah. we're going to discuss them. We're going to really get inside the Academy Award nominees, see Let's what makes them really pick. get inside their heads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but before we do we're that, rich speaking, elitist assholes. <laughs> speaking of uh, the Academy <laughs> Award nominations, <laughs> friend of the show, friend of the show, Greg, Greg Helvey, uh, has been nominated for best uh, uh, independent. No, best uh, li- live no, sorry, short. live action independent feature. That's weird. Uh, best live action short for his film Kavi. So yeah, uh, nice. congratulations to Greg. Greg. Yeah, Good well done, Greg. sir. Thank yeah. you. Nice work, so, Greg. What's yeah. it about? Uh, it is about um, uh, uh, a family in India that are uh, slaves, basically. Uh, <laughs> to, to <laughs> I love comedies. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, it is a you know comedy in the life is beautiful tradition. Oh you really? Know? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's a heavy. It's a heavy drama, but uh, but it's very good. It's it, it's not heavy handed, and it's. Uh, and it's uh, about 20 minutes long, and uh, we highly recommend it. So go to kavithemovie.com and uh, find out more about it or go back and listen to uh, our episode with Greg. So it's good stuff. I will just say this. I know I know we were just making fun of the Academy, and the Academy mm-hmm. can like be elitist and all this other. But oh, yeah. the one thing that they do, I, I will not the one thing, they do a lot of good things in all mm-hmm. honesty, is this live-action short, animated short. I mean, like they really, short films have a life yeah. and a home mm-hmm. at the Oscars, which which – other award shows could could care less about yeah and and i think that's a really cool thing that this guy who no one's ever heard of in a movie no one's ever heard of is going to get some press yeah and people are going to watch it and they're going to go to his website kavithemovie.com and watch it because it's that stuff needs to be out there people need to know about it well in previous years i mean you know i i honestly was one of those people who'd be like why are they showing these at the oscars i mean no one has seen them Mm -hmm. no one cares about them and but it's just like and then with you know 
once I knew someone who was like, you know, possibly going to be, you come to realize that, well, this is important because these are talented filmmakers who are getting national exposure now. And they're the and next generation of filmmakers. They really are. And like, I mean, Greg, you know, I, I went over to his house on, on Tuesday, the day of the nominations. And uh, I mean, he was just on the phone all day. He'd got like, he'd gotten like calls from agents for the first yeah. time. And oh, it was absolutely. Just, or gotten calls returned. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and so it really, uh, it really does make a difference. And, and if you were to like drop them from the ceremony themselves, there's not going to be as much exposure. Mm. And so you might not get the opportunities that you would otherwise. And ultimately, the, the Academy Awards are about the art of filmmaking right. in, all yeah, of its, in all of its forms. In all yeah. of its forms. I don't know if you guys knew this, but it used to be, and it may still be this way too, even for a live-action short, mm-hmm. uh, you, had to, you couldn't submit a tape. You had mm-hmm. to submit a film print to mm-hmm. actually be uh, um, considered for a live-action mm-hmm. short. They, they changed that rule a couple of years ago, but I remember when I, when I had a movie, Hit Clown, and uh, it, was, mm-hmm. uh, it was qualified for Academy Award screenings. You had right. to send the entire film print to the Academy. Hmm. So they screened all of the – even the short films – on film, I mean that's how strict they were yeah, about yeah. films. But now, now of course with digital filmmaking and stuff, they, right. they relax that rule a little yeah. bit. But it's uh, they take it seriously, which is good. I yeah. mean, even with uh, the short subjects. So hopefully that won't yeah. change when they uh, no. like oh ten best pictures. What's next? Well, cut out the shorts. I hope that doesn't no. happen. Yeah, I, w- I, I, I hope was, they won't. I was going to say that like the the recognition of like the short categories. Um, it's like one of the few instances where the Academy doesn't pander to what they think people want. Right. Um, Which is a shorter show. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. a shorter show and a lot more with... Sandra Bullock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, more, yeah, more yeah. Sandra Bullock this year, please. Yeah. Uh, but uh, a shorter show with films that we've all seen. And, of course, with short films, no one has seen them, right. you know, no. except maybe in Los Angeles. Festival goers. Yeah. And, and the great thing about it, too, like, as Chris and I are both short filmmakers, mm-hmm. you know, um, they're bringing that as he was saying, they're bringing that form out and they're like documentary shorts and the documentary feature every year in the documentary feature category, those nominees uh, at the Oscars, that's when the rest, most of the country and the world goes, Oh, that film looks interesting. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that happened with Slumdog Millionaire. That happened with the Ali movie several years back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going way back with that film, but that's like 10 years. But, but most people had never heard of the film and then, Oh, it got nominated and now it's in my local art house. I'm going to go see it. Yeah. And right. I hope that, that they start doing that thing of playing shorts, like nominated shorts in front of. Of other films, mm-hmm. and they're, they're starting outside to do of the, festivals. Outside yeah. of festivals, because they're starting to do that, they're start, starting to become a little more mom and pop um, theaters across the country mm-hmm. that do, you know, they do brew and view things like the Arlington Draft House in in DC and the Alamo Draft House in Austin and stuff like that. And they're starting to do more of that. And I hope that trend catches on, and it, it, it could be fueled by the Academy Awards. I was actually I took a trip to uh, Bogota, Colombia, and I my wife and I went to see uh, Zombieland, Tierra de Zombies. <laughs> by the way is what it's called and um and it was interesting because before the previews before anything else a little short film was was played and i don't know if it was you know the projectionist film or whatever but and then they made you swallow some heroin <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely that's what it's all about done yeah there. more cocaine than than heroin yeah. but uh well it's a, you know it's the movie theater so <laughs> right exactly yeah, they, exactly <laughs> they just sprinkle it on your popcorn yeah. um but the uh but, like, whether – I don't think it was some kind of gorilla thing, like, ah, these people seeing Tierra de Zombies are going to see my film. I mean, clearly he had an arrangement with the management of the mm-hmm. movie theater, and we all got to see uh, a short film that we – you know, that I thought was only okay, unfortunately. But <laughs> either way, it was just like, 
that was cool and it was and it was only you know it wasn't very long i don't think people would be bothered by it and you know they used to do that kind of thing uh, all the time yeah. i mean it was always that's how the three stooges made their living yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. they were comedy shorts before features it's better yeah. than watching a saturn ad yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's, well i mean uh, uh, Way back, you know, when there were big sort of movie palaces, a night at the movies was like it was a night. It was a night big yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. You see, you get a little more newsreel, for your money. You're yeah. short, you know, maybe a double feature. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know that there'd be, you know, there'd probably be some people who go in wanting to see one movie, and then they wind up seeing, you know, a 15 minute film before that, and they might they might be like, "What is this?" But you know that there's going to be some people like, "This is really yeah. great," mm-hmm. you know, and they get to see something they wouldn't have seen otherwise. But and then at the end of the feature, they might go, "What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Edge of Darkness? Yeah, what have you done to me?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm really intrigued by Edge of Darkness because it's just it's based on a miniseries and it's the same director of the miniseries as the miniseries, and he also did uh, Casino Royale, which I really loved. And there's some decent parts to Edge of Darkness. Okay, you see where the people involved in the miniseries mm. you see go oh and there's actually it's not as horrible as you think it's going to be and there's some decent parts here but you go that little thing that they threw in there would be a whole episode in the miniseries right. and it would be really interesting and compelling and there'd be all these layers to it but it just gets kind of cannibalized and lumped in there and, and shortened it, everything's short everything's just yeah. it's just it's just thrown in there and it's just like it's kind of like you know Taken goes to Boston. Yeah, that's kind of the, the vibe that I But that there's I got. not enough of that ass-kicking like in Taken. <laughs> Taken was so great last year. It just came out this time of year. Mm-hmm. And there's 15 minutes of that stupid exposition where it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, what's a CIA guy that has all of this training and these weapons and this, you know, you're like, I got it. But then <laughs> yeah, when yeah. he goes to Paris. It's too bad you're out of work with all that crazy training. With all that yeah. training that the government paid for yeah. so the audience knows that you could kick people's asses even though yeah. you're in your 50s. Right. <laughs> but then he, when he goes to Paris, it's awesome. He's just yeah. laying Albanians to waste. I, <laughs> I do scene. like the every scene. He just he just fucking throttles Albanians, and I'm tired of the Albanians. No, I don't care. I do <laughs> like the idea of of like having it, you know, in a in like true Charles Bronson form, having like a middle aged action hero. Yeah. That's I don't know why, but that that's neat to me. I like well, uh, yeah because he's grizzled and seasons yeah. and he's been through it, and it it's actually as crazy as this sounds, it's like more believable. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is more believable because I know as I get older, mm-hmm. I don't have kids, but I've got but you niece- like kicking ass. I like going to Paris yeah. and taking people out. Yeah. Um, How do you no. say palm strike in French? Oh, okay. <laughs> strike a du palm. Palm door. Yes, the palm door strike. <laughs> um, but you know, I've got nieces and nephews, and if, yeah. as I get older, I'm like, if someone were to really hurt them, I would have no problem putting a bullet in somebody's face that hurt my family yeah. none none wow so take notice you battleship sons of bitches um, you're thinking about abducting my family i wouldn't do it and then you would get a pop star to teach her to sing yeah. <laughs> all right so now as far as the uh as far as the nominations go yeah um, rain this show in yeah <laughs> let's see how far okay 23 yeah all right um all right, so now, you know, first things first, I guess, uh, we did talk about the idea of pandering, you know, the Academy pandering to what they think people want. And so, you know, uh, we've talked about it on the show before, but uh, 10 Best Picture nominees. What do you bullshit. guys think of it? Okay. This is where Graham and I disagree. Yes. I okay. think it's bullshit. I think 
uh, it's like, all right, well, now it's hard enough to find five really good movies for the year. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to open it up to ten. And look at the list. There's five you could eliminate instantly. Yeah. I mean, I think it's what it is. It's a deal with the studios to create five more marketing campaigns to get more people in to see movies. Yeah. I don't even think it's pandering as much mm-hmm. to uh, to the audience that's watching the Academy Awards. It's pandering to the studios so they can make more money on their shitty films. I, yes, it, I agree. It's a marketing <laughs> technique, but that's all the Academy Awards have ever been done. It's 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 <laughs> yeah. the, their whole purpose is is here's our they're having a, a nationally an internationally televised convention. Mm-hmm. Here's all our new products, like mm-hmm. Amway, like say, it, yeah. honestly. Well, there's I mean, really, I mean, yeah. I, I don't say that in a derogatory sense. Right. It's a business. I yeah. mean, and 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 you know whether you're you know any movie, The Hurt Locker or or. Uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop, they're selling yeah. popcorn. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what those movies are doing. That's they're, they're selling popcorn. So I, I personally, I don't have a problem with that. And last year, 2008, to me, was the year I wish they would have started because that was right. such an amazing year. And that year is the— Batman probably would have been Dark nominated. Dark Knight would have been nominated, yeah. man. And, and, and so. that would have that would have gotten the, the, the Academy's snobbery at, oh, it's a—, it's a it's not a real movie. It's a superhero. Like that, right. that would have o- that helped them overcome that. Yeah, and they could have they could have started to go. Wow, this is like comic books in and of themselves. As we all as nerds know, the graphic novel is an mm-hmm. adult art form. It's yeah. an adult medium. And Dark Knight, the movie, showed the mainstream movie going audience. This is the adult art form. Mm-hmm. A crime drama with superheroes. It's a crime drama with superheroes and the and the layers of a superhero character, which is obviously why Watchmen was such an amazing uh graphic novel and a decent film. Mm-hmm. So that that that's why where Chris and I disagree. I don't have a problem with the marketing. So instead it. now instead of starting with that, what actually would have been a good place to start with ten nominees. Instead now since we started, we're starting with uh you know, a movie with cartoon blue people in it. <laughs> that's how it gets expanded to ten. I, I think well, if there were only the five, Avatar, Avatar, Avatar still would have been nominated. Jim Cameron and his and his machine and the money that he makes. And, yeah, and, that, and, that was a pure business decision. Well, what else are we going to put in besides Avatar? Right, that's what they were. If there would have been three, they would have cut it down to three. He would have got in there, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah, I think you're right. I, I I agree with with you, Graham. That I'm not bothered by that. The ten nominees, but Suck I am it, Chris. Yeah, well, all right. <laughs> I agree with you, what, Chris. Uh, see, oh, see Tyler. Damn it. damn it! Right down the middle. <laughs> and a battleship glad- nerd <laughs> tag team cage match. I'm glad that something like District Nine got nominated, although it's not one of my favorite films of the year. It's it's good, but it wasn't great. The only thing that bothers me is that there's still no real respect for comedy. There's no mm. The Hangover, and there's no In the Loop. You know, which are that's a huge I, honestly maybe we need a comedy section I think they've been talking about that for years I think right. they should finally just do it because uh, that is and, and in this in this digital age the silver screen snobbery at the small screen needs to really we need to put that in check mm-hmm. that needs to stop Golden Globes has a you section know, for the Golden comedy. Globes has a section and that's a respected awards show that with a bunch of <laughs> drunks yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the Hangover won the Golden, yeah. the Golden yeah. Globe. And honestly, I, if they they should do a comedy section because then it can. So then we, you'd have to rename Best Picture, but it's just Best Drama. Best Drama, make it yeah. Best Drama and Best Comedy. But and here's the th- here's my because I've I've thought of that, and I feel like that would almost ghettoize comedy because then it would be like, all right, so well uh, here's Best Comedy, 
And now here's the real award, Best Drama, which is usually the attitude with the Golden Globes. But there's no other way to get them in there. There's no other way. To, I mean, honestly, yeah. comedy is ghettoized immediately. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, just pe- listen to this show. It's a joke. Seriously, come uh, this on. This show is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, no I, I honestly, that is, that's a battle. You're just banging your head. I'm, I'm yeah. here to tell you as a comedian, it's true. Yeah. people are always going to be, well, he's not an artist. He works in nightclubs right. where they sell drinks. Okay, right. you know what? Uh, Sean Penn, amazing actor, he could not do what I, he couldn't do it. He mm-hmm. could not go on a stage and do it. He could not make people laugh. He, yeah. he couldn't do it. And uh, I could fucking play a queer guy that's trying to run for city council. I mean, how hard is that? You know what I mean? Come on, everybody vote for me. Boom, Oscar. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll, because comedy makes people laugh, it doesn't make people cry. Well, it's, it, and it goes back to the roots. It's still considered uh, vaudeville. It's, and, and yeah. what is, it's mm-hmm. like instead of theater. I mean, yeah, when you look right. at like, oh, drama, theater, Broadway and stuff, when you look at comedy, oh, vaudeville, Three Stooges, pies in the face. And yeah. I think there's that subconscious sure. thinking still in the uh, the 100-year-old Academy Award uh, exactly. <laughs> the, the, voters the... that were there during vaudeville. And, uh, <laughs> and I think, and I think uh, Ted Healy is still voting. It is... uh, <laughs> it's crazy to me because, that you, I mean, you're right that they think that, but I mean, it, In the Loop is just as much about serious stuff as, as did it have as jokes in locker or, or district nine even if it had jokes in it then <laughs> yeah. uh <laughs> yeah i mean and the, what 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 they will do is they'll take a comedy that ha- and I'm, I'm blanking on an example right now but they'll take a com- i'm sure someone will chime in with one but they'll take mm-hmm. a comedy that has a serious tone in it uh-huh. and they'll go wow what a great drama it's oh like, yeah like, sideways uh, sure pardon Can- sideways uh yeah, yeah. and uh, cannonball run Cannibal yeah, Run yeah. is one of the more socially relevant movies that's yeah. ever been made. It's up there with Freddy Got Fingered. Well it's, <laughs> well, it's like up in the air. It was originally supposed to be a drama. They made it into a comedy. Then when it was starting to get an Oscar buzz, well, now it's a dramedy. No. It's, it's a, all labels. You know labels. what I mean? Like, and, and, and this is where I agree with you in the the having a comedy section would, would put comedy at the, at the kids' table. Mm-hmm. But right now they're not even allowed in yeah. the dining hall. Right, right, right. There's no table at all. There's no table at all. Yeah. And 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 up in the air, it's funny. There's funny stuff in there, and it has, you know, if it has any sort of of poignant drama to it, well, then the, then the, it's not a comedy. Like the comedy just immediately gets negated. Yeah, it's like the comedy is part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if it if 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 true if art is you know reflections and opinions about. The human condition, if I can talk in really broad terms here, yeah. laughing is part of it. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, right? I mean, I yeah. hate to sound all like after school special, like, mm, there's a silver lining in everything. Let's hug. But yeah. I, I don't know. I, I could talk about that for hours. It's really close to my heart. So well, it seems it, like it has, to, it has to be a certain, I don't know. It, it's like a sliding scale, I guess. Uh, you know, it can like because I mean, I think I think Goodfellas is one of the funniest movies of the nineties. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, There's yeah. hilarious but, shit in that movie. Yeah, but because it's it, it falls in the right place on that scale mm-hmm. between right, drama right. and comedy. If it's you okay. have some violence or a couple poignant moments, then <laughs> yeah. it's right. okay. Well, it could be funny except for those. You if know, somebody scenes, cries then, in, if it makes the audience, if it elicits tears in it, has a little poignancy. Forget uh, it. Yeah. You, you, and, you, I really think uh, Jason Reitman's intention was to make a comedy. He made a comedy. Yeah, he made a comedy, but it had some of those poignant moments. So it's okay. Well, it's a, it's a drama now. No, it really isn't. And in, and in, and in, and, in, and in fairness, to just argue the other side, uh, just for equality's sake, some a lot of comedians 
when they're doing something funny and a serious topic comes up, they back, they get afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Just comics in general I'm talking about. And some comedy films get are afraid to put serious in there because they're like, well, we're going to bum out the comedy audience. Mm. Like they think that there's these two sections of society that only go to a comedy or they only go to a drama. And I, and I think, I think, the, yeah, know. I think uh, the um, ticket sales have consistently proven that wrong. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you've got the same people going to uh, a lot of these movies. I mean, District Nine, The Hurt Locker, even Avatar, and uh, Up. I mean, District the, Nine has a great. Be, sen- the, the, all those movies can be enjoyed by the same person. The same one. District yeah. Nine has a great sense of humor about it. it and does. the and the it comedy does. really like the comedy really makes gives the drama in the film almost more power. You know, if it was just straight exactly. drama, I mean, the, like it's one of the reasons why movies like Sideways and about Schmidt. Oh, I didn't realize. I just thought those were by the same director. But like, um, the reason that those films work so much for me and Up in the Air um, is that uh, is that they approximate life a lot better because very few people's lives are just frowns all the time, nor right. are they just a barrel of laughs. You know, and. And the comedy really makes the drama work, and then the drama, you know, can make the comedy so much more cathartic. That's why it's and called it's just, comedy relief. Yeah, that's, that's actually the term. I mean, Shakespeare knew that. Yeah, you know, you've got heavy scenes in Macbeth and Hamlet, but you've always got those goofy, kind of funny mm-hmm. characters to lighten it a little bit because you want it to be in a drama. You need it to be a roller coaster. You mm-hmm. can't have it intense for an hour and a half. You'll you'll get people crazy. So yeah. it has to go up and down like a roller coaster. Release the tension, build it up. Release the tension, yeah. build it up. I mean, honestly, we, we talked about this earlier. I mean, Milk, I think is a great... I mean, I was making jokes about it, but it's an amazing mm-hmm. movie. It has an amazing sense of humor. Part yeah. of that is they wanted to infuse Harvey Milk's actual sense of humor right. into it, but that's a part of the story, the time period, and of that community. Mm-hmm. The gay community has a pretty, pretty good sense of humor about themselves. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And that yeah. really came across in that film. And, and it's obviously a drama because it's right. the, the heavy shit that goes down in it. But Harvey Milk and, Sha- and Sean Penn's amazing portrayal of it gets through that pain with comedy yeah you know like that's the comic relief we're talking about and yet it's completely negated yeah and well and i think i think if they did have a, a comedy like a best comedy film it would it might be ghettoized at first but look at look at up you know this year yeah the, that's what people said when they when they in- introduced the animated feature they're like well now an animated feature is never going to get nominated for best picture yeah and it's it, only the second it, time it's ever happened yeah the first it, one was beauty and the beast yeah it, but it, it it took a while but it's I, and it, would, it wouldn't gonna... be there if there were only five. Right. That's. <laughs> I think that's also you know part of the part of the problem. And, and it uh, is a comedy. It is a comedy. It's not a drama. I mean, right. it has a couple poignant dramatic point, uh, parts. Very to it. poignant. Though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah, at the it's, beginning. It's not but a kids it's still, movie. I don't. Not, the Up is yeah. not a kids movie. No, and it's not. What, it's what not I'm a saying is if, is, if they had, if they introduced the best comedy feature, maybe in a few years, maybe even ten years, some comedy will come along that's so great that they'll be like, okay, we can't just nominate this for best comedy. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's it's sort of a way to work. Be, get its foot in the door. I think so. There could be some crossover. I mean, look, it's it's right there. It's like you said, Up is okay. You know, animated. Uh, f- oh wait, it's not an animated feature film. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's oh, there no, it is. It's yeah, it's yeah. at the bottom. It's animated feature film and best picture. So you could, like, like Graham was saying, it's a foot in the door. I mean, if you've got, if you at least are at the kids' table, then you can kind of, you know, sneak your way into the adult table for a chicken leg. I, I, yeah. 
and keep, stealing keep going, food. Keep the metaphor going. Yeah. <laughs> stealing food is great. Is great. And maybe a roll with some butter. Sure, coleslaw. Yeah. I mean, yeah. whatever you want. You know what I mean? Sometimes they prepackage the sides. You yeah. can put them in your bag. Um, uh, uh, no, no, I, I think that's it. Once they get in, then that'll help the academy to start to see that the comedy film, a well-made comedy film, has a legitimate place. And is a, and is a legitimate art form. Yeah, comedy is an art form, and most yeah. people cannot do it, and so <laughs> therefore it needs to be recognized. Now I will here, uh, here. just to, just to yeah. play a devil's advocate again, I guess. Uh, you know, at the same time, how many really great comedies are made in a year? Like not many, if less you have than five, less than five. Yes. You know, and so you're going to get. But this you know, year has been great, in my opinion. The Hangover. In the loop and cloudy with a chance of meatballs are all <laughs> <laughs> seriously hilarious. And cloudy awesome. with a chance Here's of meatballs too. Is... I mean, you're also talking about um, you're talking about studio comedies. I mean, there's a ton of indie comedies that get yeah. made that play festivals and they're well. You know what? If you really had if you had the category this year, you could put 500 Days of Summer. Yeah, in. yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Even you... some uh, Summerland. You, you could, could put Summerland too. in yep. there. You know what I mean? You could you could put some. You could uh, fill it. Adventure Adventureland. 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 Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The you know actually you could probably fill it with just summer movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. but because that's but, where a lot of them get released. But those the quirky, independent, like yeah. like Adventureland and Five Hundred Days of Summer, those quirky independent comedies. But not Youth in Revolt. That was a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a 2010 film. Yeah. Oh, that's so did it? I thought it was 2009. No, it got pushed back to January. Oh, that's right. Of nice, course, because yeah. it sucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but and I think too what it would also do. It would open up filmmakers because that's the other thing. The, the, the making of the comedy, the, hey, this could win an Oscar, doesn't, it's not even on the table. It's, nope. like, it's like a football team going, we have no chance at going to the Super Bowl. So why, 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 why as I say this on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Why, why go to practice? Why? Why, why give a shit about making a, a, an amazing, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so, and I, I think it would change filmmakers' attitudes. like Towards comedy. Towards comedy. Todd yeah. Phillips and, and Judd Apatow, just the two top guys right now, would start to go, well, maybe we can, it yeah. doesn't all have to be jokey, joke, joke. Maybe we right. can, you know what I mean? We can, I don't know. I'm just saying as a possibility, I think that would happen. Maybe I'm Actually, wrong. Observe and Report was mm-hmm. a great uh, Which dark. I still haven't seen, and everyone great, says I'll love it. It's a great dark, dark comedy. Yeah. That was something that could go into the uh, comedy yeah. section. Yeah. I don't know, if, but I don't know if the sort of stodgy Academy people are ever going to... Well, it's going to be a number of years before they're willing here, to accept the movie like Observer Report. And that's true, and here's the thing. They wouldn't be looking at the movies in the... Uh, the comedy category. Right. They were like, right. "Oh, let the younger." Uh, yeah, they let their the kid, members, their kid, yeah, their, their, their rich if you think it. it's any good. Let so. those hippies with their hula hoops find yeah. these movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to watch something where someone's in a very tight corset. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, English accents and gowns, <laughs> man. They all will get nominated. God, any, if you want to get nominated, young filmmakers. An English period piece. And you Done. Always, you always hear about like the actor or actress, how they fought to be in that role. Oh, oh it's a role I always wanted. Really? Oh. How about if it's a role no one was really fighting over? No one cares. <laughs> and your agent thought it was a good offer. All right. Just, <laughs> yeah. How about we just a little honesty? It shoots in, in this, the English uh, countryside in yeah. June. Good for you. Yeah. I'll never be loved again. Uh-huh. <laughs> now that, that Uh-oh, said, the highwaymen. <laughs> 
the English uh, period piece uh, that's nominated for picture this year is really great. I really enjoyed it, which is an education. So, oh, I thought you were going to say Avatar. Well, that's not what I, I mean. I mean, like Victorian era. Okay, yeah, yeah. An education is a great movie. Yeah. And that the 60s in London, I'm, yeah. make as many movies as you want about that era. That's an amazing time. Pirate yeah. radio. Pirate radio. Like, that's an amazing time in, in London's history, in England's yeah. history. Um, and then, okay, so I guess, how, let's see. Well, we've been going for... So oh, 40 minutes. Uh, do you want to go almost like category by category and talk about I don't stuff? I hit every category. Right. But the, I, I want to talk about how uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino, when, when Forrest Gump came, or when Pulp Fiction came out, said that Pulp Fiction got lost in, in like Gump mania yeah. at, the, at the Oscars. And I'm afraid that even though he's made another masterpiece, it's going to happen again with uh, Avatar fever. That's always going to happen. There's always going to be some crazy, you know, maybe there was, uh, uh, you know, when it was Forrest Gump, then it was like Lord of the Rings. There mm-hmm. was always, there's always going to be that one, um, like, movie that you're, you're just not going to get past. It's just not going to happen. So um, he can't feel too bad about that. But when is it <laughs> going to be Quentin nominated. Tarantino's turn to be that? I don't know how many. I, he's, gonna, you know, nominated for Best Picture, Best Director. I think he's doing all right. I don't think he's too worried about it. I, all right. Except I for don't the fact think that Roger Avery. I, I just wonder if we're going to have to sit through another 10 years of bad Quentin Tarantino movies to get to him making another oh, Another Death Proof? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, I think he's learned his lesson. I really I, do. I, yeah, I, I do. I think if he didn't, we wouldn't have had Inglorious Bastards. I think I think he learned his lesson from. I mean, he even said, "Is like, look, I like these movies. All right, so they didn't do that great." And then he kind of went back to, you know, Quentin Tarantino-y form. Mm-hmm. I mean, it reminds me of that line from Barton Fink mm-hmm. when the uh, the executive is yelling at Barton Fink about his writing because mm-hmm. Barton Fink was a screenwriter. He goes, <laughs> "You think you're the only screenwriter that can give me that Barton Fink feeling? <laughs> Just because you are Barton Fink, I figure you had it in spades." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he went back to being Quentin Tarantino in, mm-hmm. the, in this movie, and it's a it's a fun movie. It's a uh, you know a World War II kind of crazy fantasy that came straight out of his id, yeah. and uh, it's in- entertaining to watch. I think it's entertaining. I like it. I yes, he's gonna get he's gonna everyone everyone in that category in most of these categories is gonna lose out to Avatar. I don't think it's his best film. It's not. I don't think it's his best film either. I mean, I when you look at best director category too, you think, "Wow, Hollywood's kind of a closed system." Let's see. Will James Cameron, his ex-wife, or Ivan Reitman's son win? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood doesn't want you. Sorry, we they have their directors. I mean, They're honestly, done. for me, best director, it's either it's either Catherine Bigelow or Lee Daniels. Uh, that, I that, think that, Catherine Bigelow, dis- just given the awards, like uh, the you know. Uh, Guild Awards and stuff actually has a fighting chance of beating James Cameron in that category. I think she will. Just you because think she will? Yeah. there might be a James Cameron backlash. You don't know what the how the Academy is going to vote. You might yeah. like. All right, we'll give him Best Picture, but let's give his ex-wife Best Director just to piss him off. That's kind of <laughs> how I. Well, I'm not sure about the motivations, but that's kind of that's kind of how I see it going. I think she'll win Director. Could be, and then could be. Avatar will win Picture. But I'm not even sure about that. I don't that, think frankly. I don't think Jason Reitman's going to win. And I oh don't know. no! I don't know if Lee Downs is going to win either. I, I don't think what. Jason Reitman is ready to win. I think uh, I think up in the I, here's my personal opinion. Jason Reitman is a very good filmmaker. I really liked Up in the Air a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Um, at, but in terms of director, the mm-hmm. job of directing the actors and directing what's in the frame, I think it's it's either Bigelow or Lee Daniels because what Lee Daniels got out of mm-hmm. the lead, Gabby Sadai, 
what he got out of comedians, Monique, uh-huh. yeah. you know, uh, yeah. even Sherry Shepard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mon- there's there's not a lot of directors that could have gotten Monique to take her makeup off, no. gotten Mariah Carey to take her makeup off, and uh-huh. play those kind of... I mean that's Lenny scene, Kravitz take his makeup Lenny off. Lenny Kravitz, <laughs> yeah. not with crazy sunglasses on, and, with and some nappy hair. Job. That's what you're saying. That's the job that's, of the director. That's the job yeah. of a director. Yeah. And 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 I think Lee Daniels and I think what Catherine Bigelow did with those actors and how she directed the the visual aesthetic of being in Iraq and what the war zone is like. I, I think that is really good directing. So that's how it comes down to those two for me. And now now Quentin Tarantino was very good at getting his actors to do what you know his Quentin Tarantino y right. style and building tension and like building he's very oh, yeah. good at building yeah. tension and I read in an interview he expects his actors to show up as though they're in week six of a Broadway run. Know your lines. None of right, this yeah. looking at my lines between takes. He and, right. and that that's his directing style, and that's why he gets that. And that's so that's good. I mean, that, that's yeah, excellent. A, yeah. That's excellent. And and but well, to, each scene is almost like a little play. It's I mean, unbelievable. It's, yeah, it is. The, that, that's how that's how it directs. And that that's a great point, Grandma. You make it like. Uh, like great directors, they evoke an emotion in the viewer. I mean, really, mm-hmm. by great performances and uh, um, gr- even great casting. But uh, instead of, I don't know, supervising software. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sitting around for six years of rendering. Right, uh, right. And that, I mean, but that, and really, the art of directing, you know, if we're, if we're going to go about art, I mean, it would definitely it's be an down art. to those. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think those, those two. Directing comes mm-hmm. down to. First of all, film directing, it's 90% of it is casting. Mm-hmm. So that's if you get that right. Right. Then it's just it's just on the set and however you do it and that's the other thing with the director. If you've got like let's take let's take let's take Precious again, okay? You've got all these people with all these different disciplines. Gabby mm-hmm. Sadaib is a college kid. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. her in an interview? She's like, "Oh my god, I didn't believe it. Like Daniel found me." <laughs> How did he get her to be like, "Nobody love me." You know what I mean? How did he do that? That's directing. I'm not taking anything away from her as an actress. Right. right. Monique, who is a big comedian, she Graham was her dialect coach. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, yeah. I I do a lot of dialects. That was that was my Chinese accent, yeah. by the way. Um, so uh, you know that is he had to deal with Lenny Kravitz is a musician. Mariah Carey's music. They all come from these different, completely different disciplines, mm-hmm. and he got them to play this really. You know, Sherry Shepard is on The View. You know what I mean? She was in barber. She doesn't know if the world is round or not. Hair salon. She's yeah. not sure what size the world is. Yeah, and she Jerry's has her own out. show on Lifetime about her ex-husband. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who I'm friends with. Yeah. Um, so how did he do that? That's Lee Daniels' art as a director, mm-hmm. and that's Catherine Bigelow's art as a director, and that's that is that category, and that's why. And I think uh, Jason Reitman. I think the best thing about Up in the Air for me is the promise that it shows i think we're going to see some mm-hmm. awesome jason reitman films in the future that's what i he just keeps air, getting he's better. not yeah. quite there yet up in the air was his like lost in translation mm-hmm. <laughs> you really look at it like that mm-hmm. where it's like it really shows promise for yeah a, you, you watch that you, exactly you go man this guy's gonna really start clocking in some amazing right. films yeah. you know and I, I i think up in the air is an amazing film and i and i and i think you see a very steady director's hand in it but at the same time i think <laughs> for i mean for as as long as I've been like following the Oscars, uh, 
screenplay has always been the bone that you throw to something that you're not going to give anything else, really. So, like, I think <laughs> Quentin Tarantino is going to win original screenplay. It'll also get supporting actor, but, like, and then I think adapted screenplay will go to Jason Reitman um, because uh, I don't see anything else that'll that'll probably beat it. But at the same in time, the it's just... What was that? In the loop. I don't think I don't so think because win, in the loop's it. not up for anything else. And I think up in the air, they're like, wow, what a great movie. We're not going to give it anything else. But that's a good script, so here you go. And so, uh, and because he was one of the people that wrote it, then it is for him specifically. And uh, and so I think, yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably going to be the only thing that uh, Up in the Air gets is mm-hmm. is adapted screenplay. Um, and yeah, I think Quentin Tarantino will wind up winning another screenplay Oscar. All right, best actor. Uh, huh? I've not seen Crazy Heart, but uh, I think it'll be Jeff Bridges. Oh, you haven't seen it? It's great. Have it's, you guys seen I it? I, I liked it a lot. I think Jeff Bridges is amazing. I think he's very deserving of this actor, uh, Best Actor Award. The movie on the whole, a couple times, like, it, it grabbed my heart and then let go. Like, it, it just, it, it, there was a couple scenes where I felt like it's not as gritty. It didn't feel like an independent film. It felt like Hollywood is going to New Mexico to try to make a cowboy movie. <laughs> a couple of times. Uh, overall, I liked it. I, I would, I would. I would either, to me, it's between, and I think everyone in this category, best actor category, is worthy of it. Yeah, it's a solid. It's category. a solid. Morgan Freeman. I didn't, I didn't see a single man. Um, I was, I guess, surprised given the buzz going in that I, I kind of thought Woody Harrelson for The Messenger was going to get he's get best the nomination. Supporting. He's best supporting actor. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, okay. read your own no. list. <laughs> I, I didn't make this list. <laughs> I was just kidding. But was he uh, at the Golden Globes? Was he nominated for supporting or for? for uh, I don't remember if he was nominated at all for the Golden Globes. But in the Screen he Actors was, Guild, I'm he sure was up he for was. supporting. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. I don't know my I don't know my way around the Oscar ballot. <laughs> way to prep for the show, pal. <laughs> uh. I think you guys are right. I think Jeff Bridges will take it. Yeah, because he's never won. I mean, he got like a standing ovation at the Golden Globes, and that doesn't happen very often. It's because he everybody likes him, and he's just a really great actor. He's a great actor, and I think I think this will kind of be his Paul Newman color of money. Yeah, you know, payback award because yeah. Paul Newman should have won for the verdict, but that was the same year as Gandhi. Yeah, there was no way he was going to win. Yeah, and so color of money, he's good in color of money is an okay film. Yeah. And and I and honestly I I will say this as a as a we talked about this on our film nerd podcast and and you know Chris and I both talked about this as a guy that's traveled around and done shitty gigs mm-hmm. he captured that yeah perfectly man I mean yeah. that that he that character he really did it it's just the movie on the whole I was like. I just felt like I was watching Tender Mercies 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's produced by Robert, by Robert Duvall. Duvall. Like, yeah. Max Sledge, did you just come on board to? <laughs> maybe it is like Color of Money. Maybe he plays. Maybe Max he Sledge, wanted to basically. Make, yeah, he wanted to make a sequel. Oh, that's uh, cool. I'm done with that. If uh, if the formula works, I love Tender Mercies. Uh, now, as far as actress goes, I've only seen two of them. I've seen the last. Station. I think Gabby Sadabi is going to win. You I think so? Yeah, I do. I think uh, I think people think Sandra Bullock's going to win just because she's very. Let's use the word popular right now, okay. uh, but I think uh, I think Gabby's going to pull it out. I think I think uh, th- this is my I think my my cynicism about the Academy Awards is going to play into my decision here. I think it'll be either Meryl Streep or Sandra Bullock because as you say Sandra Bullock, this is like her uh, you this know, is her, her Aaron Brockovich, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and then Meryl mm-hmm. Streep. She's won, and she's like this you is know, her this- demolition man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like it's like lightning will strike twice. Yeah. <laughs> it, this is her, like, my cousin Vinny. Yeah, this is really 
<laughs> no, it, it's it's like the 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 Academy giving the Oscar to Scorsese for The Departed. It's really for those all those other things. Yeah. So, right. Sandra Bullock right. getting it. It's really for Twenty Eight Days uh, and, uh, and, for, yeah. and for Demolition. Well, and she's yeah. just done so much work the this past year. You know, mm-hmm. she, the proposal all and about speed, Steve. I mean, blah yeah. blah blah. Um, Steve to uh, Steve to Cruise Control. Yeah. Speed to Cruise Control is what yeah. I meant to say. All about uh, Steve to Cruise, cruise control. control. Yeah. <laughs> Steve's on Cruise Control. Um, but I think I I actually think it'll wind up going to Meryl Streep because she just keeps being nominated and losing to somebody else who hasn't won. But she hasn't won since Sophie's Choice. And so I think, and also I think her performance in Julia and Julia is really amazing. Um, Meryl Streep's an amazing actress. Yeah. And I think that's why she won't get it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Usually it's the amazing actress that people know and love and know she's an amazing actress because yeah. it's like, it doesn't create any like, almost like surprise or buzz for them to win. So I always think it's like people don't vote for her just because... Well, everyone knows she's a great actress. Why does she need the award? So they vote for somebody else. And I think with, and I think every year that she doesn't win just keeps adding up to a year when she, finally it's just like, all right, look, I I know we all know she's won before, but it's been a while, and we can't keep slapping her in the face like this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's been nominated more than any other actress. Is that what it is? Like, I think she surpassed Catherine Hepburn uh, uh, as far as nominations yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, so I think it'll be... I think it's between her and her and Bullock. I would certainly like to see Meryl Streep get it because just the the thing that I've been saying is like if ever there has been a license to overact, it's when you play Julia Child, and she doesn't. She like really she captures captures kind of the essence. But like I would compare it as strange as it sounds to uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Capote. Right, that guy is kind of a caricature of a person. Right. You know, the Academy may still be mad over Mamma Mia. <laughs> So you never know. Maybe or, it's, or it's complicated. complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. Oh my goodness. Um, well, let me ask you guys this question about best actress. Okay. Taking who's Helen Mirren? Who? Yeah. What is? What does the last station mean? Yeah. Um, that's the uh, last station of the cross. She's the what's her name's uh, Tolstoy's wife. Tolstoy's wife. Yes. Um, taking all the all the politics and theories out of best actress who do you think did gave the best performance out of these or just of the year just best actress out of uh, that category Carrie Mulligan well, like really really has anyone in this room seen every Mulligan. one of those movies no, no. Yeah, all right false uh, question well no, the, based on the movies you've Carrie sort Mulligan. of maybe seen yeah. <laughs> and what do you know about these movies and the actresses uh, the only one i haven't seen is the last station and i've seen a trailer for it and i'm sure i know what the movie is yeah um <laughs> So well, then who would you pick? Gabby Sedai. Yeah, without yeah, a doubt. See, I think she's going to win too. I, I, out, of the, out of the one, the movies that I've seen, I, I think, I think she's amazing. I, I love Which Carrie Mulligan in an Education. <laughs> I really like that film. Um, but and I love Meryl Streep. You don't think Sandra Bullock's going to win for Radio? <laughs> <laughs> or as Jackie Cation said on our podcast, it's there. She got nominated just because it's the first movie where she didn't bump into something. <laughs> And go with yeah. her Suzanne Snummer, Summers snort. She bumped into racism. Oh, yeah. And you know what? It bumped back. And she bumped into my heart. Yeah. She really did when she rescued that kid out of Cracktown. <laughs> Gave him a football team. All right. Best supporting actor. What is Woody Harrelson doing in this category? <laughs> He's good in it. You saw you, you didn't like him in The Messenger. No, I'm joking. I, I, oh. I just I really thought that he was. Uh, You're bringing up the fact that you didn't know that he <laughs> that he was supporting. <laughs> I, I guess I thought he was best actor. You've but, taken uh, your mistake and you're trying to 
turn it into like a philosophy like nah he's more lead that's why I got confused because he's more of a lead <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you seen the movie what was that no have I haven't seen, seen the movie he's kind of a co-lead I don't, he is a little bit of a co-lead I, I, no. I don't I, I don't know that the movie's more about one of them than the other just because you see Ben Foster first doesn't make it his movie it is it is we do you do see more of Ben Foster's life than you see you of know, Woody Harrelson's life I think there's right. no co-lead section my friends yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean he, it's, it's, it's a thin support but he is just like a half notch below Ben Foster. You know, when I think about it, I think you're right. But I th- maybe the reason I was thinking that way is uh, I was maybe I was more interested in the Woody Harrelson character sure. and then his mm-hmm. his story. If you're a mentor, you're not a lead. That's <laughs> right. Any movie. Yeah. If you're right. a mentor, you're not a lead. Yeah. Gandalf, Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> anything. And that's uh, you know, no one knows more of that than Liam Neeson. <laughs> Half his movies he's played, he's a mentor. Yeah. Batman, Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. Gangs right, you're always teaching of. somebody Gangs in that in accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gangs in yeah, everything. Yeah, it's I will say that for supporting actor, if I was Matt Damon, Woody Harrelson, Christopher Plummer, Stanley Tucci, I would just I would be so so relaxed at the Oscars because I don't think you gotta worry about making a speech. Uh, Christoph <laughs> Waltz is gonna win. It's like the, the way, surest thing of the you night. Printed out says Christopher Waltz. Oh, does it? Yeah. Well, I'm sure Christoph is short for Christopher. Well, on this side of the pond, it's Christopher. That's how we're going to do it, okay? <laughs> yeah. He's um, uh, he, he did a great job, I think so. The other thing that I liked about it, it was an unexpected performance. No one went into yeah. Inglorious Bastards when it first came out going, I heard the uh, performance by Christopher Waltz yeah. as the Nazi is fantastic. Yeah. It like came yeah. out of nowhere and it surprised people, and it was it was great because he just he put so many layers and nuances into that character. It, it mm-hmm. was it was something. That that is good when you look at Academy Awards because it's something we haven't seen before. And he he and Quentin Tarantino both deserve Oscars just for being able to pull off that thing with the giant pipe <laughs> in the first scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's it's insane and ridiculous, but he yeah, they both yeah. they made it work. His his he deserves it if for no other reason than because he manages to make you laugh and terrify you at the same time. Mm-hmm. Those like long his, speeches that yeah, he gives yeah, with the yeah. milk and the rat speech are yeah ha 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 yeah they're crazy. Funny, yeah. disturbing. It's funny, but mm. you—if if you were in the room, you would like this guy's awesome. But I really want to leave. Yeah, right. <laughs> and just—and the listeners won't be able to see this. But to me, like one of the biggest laughs is when he's uh, talking to the actress and he wants to see her foot, and he just goes, "Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. points to his leg, yeah. and it's just—it's kind of adorable, but you also know, like, she's about to die. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and it's—and uh, just the fact that he could be that. Within 30 seconds, you know, and all, actually not even within 30 seconds. He could be funny and scary at the exact same yeah. time. Mm-hmm. It was really amazing. Um, now, as far as, uh, let's well, that's see. That's the thing about Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Got to watch out for them. Man, that movie, The Great Dictator, was terrifying. <laughs> um, so supporting actress, I, I, I think Monique's going to get it. And yeah. pro- probably deservedly, although uh, Anna Kendrick was also great. She was great, but I don't think she's best supporting actress great. I mean, not when you look at, like... Uh, uh, Monique, what the hell is Nine doing anywhere on this page? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, is it up for, is it up for art direction? I bet it is. Oh God, Let's see, art what direction. Nine? Oh. Yeah, there we go. I'd like to see that marketing document. All right, it's a musical Fellini remake. How could we not find an audience for that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, but it was successful on Broadway. Yeah, it will not work. <laughs> On film. <laughs> well, and just in general, it's like, yeah, you know, it's a, it's like eight and a half, a film all about this guy just, oh, he's just really conflicted and just, and he really, he's, 
everything's and they have a like lot of every every yeah, a lot of mistresses. Everything's a non-starter. So why not? Let's make a musical, the most definitive of all uh, genres. Let's make a musical about this guy's inability to do things, and just like <laughs> it just makes it just made no sense to me. I'm sure it was popular on Broadway, but anything that's a big spectacle can be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of. I, I wasn't interested in Nine when I first saw the trailer, and then when the reviews started coming, I'm like, okay, good. Now I don't have to see this. <laughs> and then uh, and it just got largely shut out of the Oscars, which is kind of exciting. Oh, I saw it because I was on the road doing shows and had nothing to do during the day, mm-hmm. and that wasted my time. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, man, I could have stared at a wall I for free. I really, I could have <laughs> stayed in the Marriott near the freeway and instead of being tortured. But you got to see Fergie. <laughs> I mean, everyone else in the category I like too. Vera, she's good. Maggie, yeah. everyone else is good. I, I, I say, I agree. I go Monique. I think she, she gave the best performance. Vera Farmiga is really great she's in that great movie. In that. Just like it's such a subtle, like just it's such a comfortable lived-in performance. Although that, I think they could have used a body double that looked maybe something like her <laughs> at all, instead of like a uh, oh, here's a forty-year-old woman who's had two kids and. Uh, uh, okay, we're going to use a 22-year-old stripper for a uh, <laughs> body double. Now, spoilers, we don't know at the time that she's had two children. So maybe they... they... No, in real life, she's had Oh, that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, I got you. Uh, that was a <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Jesus, what a nerd. <laughs> Man. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> well... It's you a know, big deal at the end of Up in the Air. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a twist. It comes to her house. Right, and now we have now, to put, yeah. uh, <laughs> Hey, you guys, yeah. you're new to the podcasting yeah. world. You will be so <laughs> conscious of spoilers, all right, because oh, really? people are going to give you so much crap about it. I, I say spoilers We already got crap life. about Stereo versus Mono <laughs> oh, on our uh, Sorry. review. We fixed it. Took away a star. Yeah. yeah, I can't talk with a. As I can't punishment. talk about. I can't talk about a movie in life with my friends without saying spoiler first. I'm like, oh man, these internet people have me trained pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we already talked, or Tyler, you already talked a bit about the screenplay categories. What, yeah, what did anybody else have any any thoughts? Oh, the screenplay category. Yeah, uh, bo- yeah, both both of them. Yeah, I want to give up a little credit here for original screenplay because mm-hmm. it's very rare that you see a movie that's supposed to be a kids movie written and the two protagonists are old men <laughs> yeah. and I, I really think that deserves a little credit for original screenplay i mean i think the the category is pretty good i was happy to see avatar wasn't in here yeah mm-hmm. um and glorious bastards was also really well, if avatar creative, was in there that would be treason that would that would <laughs> yeah. be horrible uh hurt locker is really good um uh, but i want to see something about adapted screenplay if you look at the cat the uh the nominees in here. It's an education in the loop, precious up in the air. They're all based on books. Mm-hmm. But when you have District 9... Well, in the loop is based on a, on a TV series. On right? a TV series. Right. Okay. Uh, did, I, did I just deflate your... No, no, <laughs> okay. no. Because when spoiler you look alert. At, yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, there's, there's TVs out yeah, there. Uh, District 9 doesn't really deserve to be an adapted or original. District 9 is based on a short film. So right. if it's the same kind of medium, mm. is it really based? It's essentially a longer version. And the version same writer. It's of not based it. yeah. on some other. Yeah. So, so I wonder, like, did it get shortchanged a little bit? Or is it good because it could sneak into the adapted screenplay section for I, District 9? I, I really, honestly, I, I, I like all of these selections. They're all, they're all good films. They're all good scripts. I, I agree with you that District 9 should probably be an original Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think District Nine. I thought it was one of the better sci-fi movies I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. I loved it. It's like everything. But science- the part where, like, like for ten minutes, it just turns into a first-person shooter video game. That yeah, that's that that spoiler alert. 
I liked it. I liked the action. I think that's to me is a combination. Sci- science that's fiction. what made it really good for me. Yeah. I thought it was like you can have like a, a really cool actiony science fiction movie that has characters and plot and is actually an allegory for yeah, it's something huge. important. The social commentary and it's yeah. unbelievable, yeah. you know. Mm. And and the fact that they can. They, they can coexist. They can coexist together. That's to me what the which is also fiction... a bigger metaphor for what it was. Yeah, <laughs> my, my point is that, that that for that ten minutes it didn't coexist. It just like it left behind everything the movie was about, and then for ten minutes it was. No, just I disagree. I did, it it didn't take me out of it. I uh, you know I thought it was a it's it's good to see stuff blow up in a science fiction movie. <laughs> yeah, you know regardless of the subtext. And they're bugs, man. You got to shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you Wait, not no, see the, Starship, sh- Starship Troopers? Starship <laughs> Star <strip laughs> Troopers. That was the porn version. Yeah. Uh, it sounded like uh, you almost said Starship Troopers. <laughs> that's uh, a whole other movie. Yeah, that's the sequel. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, uh, we've been also, playing on the Spice Channel. Uh, but Shelter, spice. Shelter, is that Spice Channel name? still in existence? <laughs> what is it, 1988? <laughs> spice Channel. Yeah, it's next to, it's next to the Ha Network yeah. on, your, on your cable dial. <laughs> yep. That's where you can buy an album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well done. In everybody. the memories back in our head from 20 years ago. Yeah, just dial the yeah. phone number on your rotary phone. Yeah. All right. Uh, Anybody listening on CB radio? Yeah. I hope you're enjoying this. Got your ears on? <laughs> um, animated feature is kind of. I mean, uh, it seems like obvious that Up's going to going to win well it, it i think it is it's probably will but there's some interesting choices here i mean Coraline was great uh princess and the frog actually wasn't bad fantastic mr fox uh was good a uh, secret of kells no one has seen that movie because yeah. it barely came out they only ran it to qualify for the academy awards so it played in like i think new york or la for a couple of days mm-hmm. and they sent screeners to academy members that's all they did and it got nominated for the animated feature film. Well, that's, that's it. what they did with The Messenger. I mean, The Messenger... Well, no, The Messenger had a limited release. I mean, this was literally two or three days just to qualify oh, wow. for the screening, and that was mm. it. And uh, uh, the thing about the animated feature film, really, there aren't that many animated feature films released every right. year. I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at this category, it's probably a smaller category for the animated feature films that weren't nominated for an yeah. Academy Award. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of a good category. If you want to get an Academy Award nomination, make an animated feature film because your chances are pretty good you're going to be uh, nominated. Well, I think... Um, Fantas- well, then why isn't Avatar in there? Right. <laughs> Fantastic Mr. Fox is definitely my favorite animated film of the year. See, uh, I would go with probably Coraline, especially in 3D. I, I thought I, it was I fantastic. It. I didn't see it. Up is mine, but I do love Coraline, and I do love Fantastic Mr. Fox, and actually it leads me to... Uh, uh, reference something that we talked about earlier, like if comedy had its own uh, had its own category, and I think Graham, you talked about the idea that if it had its own category, it might inspire people to make better comedies. And I think ever since the invention of the animated category, I think animated films have gotten better. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I and think it's a combination of the category and the fact that Pixar is out there. Well, yeah, yeah. Pi- and but, they, but they make money too. Yeah, they make money, but but Pixar is kind of their motivation is. Oscar. Yeah. So they're writing scripts. Yep, and they're making good movies. That are make yeah. that are about making good movies because that category exists. If that category didn't exist, I don't think right. Pixar their technology would still be out there and cool. 
but I don't think script-wise and story-wise they would be gunning as hard as they are. To, now, the you might have had a few more A Bug's Life. Yeah. Kind of thing. yeah. Well, the thing that's great about this category this year, too, I don't know if you noticed it, but there's three different animation mediums in here. Yeah. Which yeah. never happens. I mean, that's really cool. There's 2D old school, there's stop motion and computer. Yeah. So and then Coraline, which is a mixture of stop motion and computer. Yes. Yeah. I w- once again just wanted to say I wish I had, I wish Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was on here because it it's, is it's that great. It is it's so. Great. It's, did you guys see it? <laughs> I didn't no. see it's it. It's shockingly so funny. It's really, really? great. It's yeah, really, really, and awesome. like absurdly funny. Yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah. It does not owe a lot to the book, but uh, but it's just it's very absurdly funny in moments. And and, uh, and yeah, David is not use, being hyperbolic here. It's yeah, really they managed good. to use Mr. T as a voice without making it a big sort of ironic. Oh, this is Mr. T joke. Wow, really? Yeah, it's just Mr. T, and he's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good for him. But um, okay, well, I guess not, the, we've been going for over an hour, David. So I think we got to start. Uh, wrapping okay, it well, up. Let's, is there anything big that? Uh, you guys want I'm to good talk to, about? Uh, I just saying I'm good to see uh, another Wallace and Gromit short on animated mm. short. Yeah. Matter of Loaf and Death. Good to see uh, <laughs> he's, they're still making them. Yeah. That was it. Um, okay. <laughs> my, my, uh, my, my like neck and neck picks for cinematography for my favorite are two wildly different films, which is the Harry Potter movie and the Hurt Locker. I don't I, I can't tell which of those I like the cinematography better in because they're so hmm. you know polar opposites of the, the yeah. type of cinematography you can you can see. I'm old school, man. I I I think Catherine Bigelow. I I don't know who what her, the name of her cine- cinematographer, but the cinematography in the Hurt Locker is just old school, really amazing camera work mm-hmm. that puts you inside that suit, puts you inside that bomb detonation team, uh-huh. puts you yeah. inside Baghdad, and what is going on in these guys' heads for that job. Yeah. In that environment, and I, I think cinematography. I think it's see. I, I would give I would give Avatar some props in this category too, just because of the technology mm-hmm. and the three D. Where that's the first time I've ever seen a three D movie when it hit me. Where like, oh my god, I feel like I'm in this right. this movie, especially yeah. at the beginning. Mm. So technically, I would definitely I was impressed with that cinematography. But is that more of a function thing. of cinematography? I mean, for a movie like Avatar, is that more a function of cinematography or visual effects? That's a great question because it's never been brought up before. Yeah. I think it's a combination. It's mostly visual effects, but it's also how the camera works and how the camera sees. Yeah. So it's. I think there's some crossover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hurt Locker is just such a consistently suspenseful film um, that you know a, a movie that just keeps you like so tense all the time. I mean, it's a function. That means it's a triumph of directing, acting cinematography and editing mm-hmm. and so i think it could get cinematography and i actually think it will get editing for that reason right um but you know at, like most people i know say that avatar will sweep like all the technical things that it's nominated for well, it should. and it might yeah you know um it, it probably will and i'm just when you just invent your thinking. own technology yeah you know as regardless of the movie you should kind of win for a yeah, technological technologically award. it's visually it's an amazing film the yeah. story was dumb and the dialogue is stupid yeah and dumb. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Double uh, plus dumb. Double plus dumb. <laughs> silly, stupid man. Yeah. Now, Shaco a, rations are up. As a, Jane oh, yeah. Cam- <laughs> <laughs> nice. as, a, as a Jane Campion fan, I was originally hoping that Bright Star would get more than costume design. But then I saw it, and that's really the, the best thing about <laughs> it. Yeah. it. It's not terrible, but it's not her, It's not the piano or, or Portrait of a Lady or any of her other great films. Uh and then um did she do in the cut? 
Yeah, which I'm the only person in the world who loves. <laughs> uh, still, who loves. okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think even she has kind of backed away from it. Yeah, a little yeah. Bit. I just <laughs> change that to Alan Smithy. Uh, <laughs> um, but speaking of visual effects, uh, I, d- I never understand why some of these categories only have three nominees. Uh, yeah, like makeup and. I mean, I guess with visual effects it doesn't matter because obviously Avatar is going to win. But I would like to. I mean, where the wild things are did some really great stuff that I, I would have liked to have seen. Mm. Uh, well, I don't think they consider costumes makeup. But the, the, but no, I'm talking about the visual effects. The, uh, the the way because the, all the faces of the of the wild things are all CG. Yeah, but that's not like a, a whole. When they do visual effects, it's it's like a backbone of the movie. I think that's right. that's what they're thinking with the category. Also, it's the like num- if you if you um, if you took that you know the CG faces off and you made them puppets with the script or direct would any of that change and the answer is no but if you took the effects out of star trek then you'd have uh yeah and i don't know um, if that's space 1999 <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know if that's the way it should be though i think i mean yeah the the the, the effects aren't the backbone of the of the story and plot of where the wild things are but you wouldn't have the emotional resonance without them you know well and i think so with so many of the technical Oscars, I think you can take the word best and repl- and replace it with most. Like <laughs> like <laughs> most like most visual effects usually is what gets it. And with editing, that's usually the well, case no, too. No, because no, twenty twelve isn't up there. That's right. right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, fair Actually, enough. Actually, I'm surprised that's not up there now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, this was a good special effects year though. So, uh, and I think it's just like oh, movies that. You know, uh, whatever someone might think of Avatar's story, it's still a comp- uh, fairly compelling film. And so it's just like, oh, we have movies that we can actually not that are good. We can nominate for visual effects. Thank God, we don't have to nominate. We don't have to nominate Transformers, Transformers you know, or right. 2012. So, oh, hello, sound mixing yeah. Transformers. Transformers. <laughs> I actually, I was interning at a at a small company that had some hand in the first Transformers and the second one. And uh, and I was interning there when the Oscar nominations came out, and so uh, the pr- and we would listen in on the producers' calls with his knowledge. We weren't you know criminals, and uh, and <laughs> we stole so, his bank account information. Right. But yeah, uh, but we didn't listen. It's in. fine, you know. I was an intern. I wasn't getting paid, so <laughs> um, so the uh, so we just listened in on like call after call of congratulations, and it was just like and it was nominated for visual effects, sound, and sound mixing, or you know, and. Uh, Three of the lesser categories, but certainly the only categories that ter- Transformers would ever be nominated right. in. So, like we we listen to him say, like, yeah, no, I'm really excited. It's really great. And it's just like unless they start an Academy Awards cat- uh, category with dumbest dumbest movies with robots, <laughs> best <laughs> yeah. best racist robot characters yeah. from outer yeah. space, <laughs> dumbest movies with robots, Transformers. But here's the thing: uh, if they created new that- Terminator movie, if they. <laughs> <laughs> If they created that category, though, all the movies with racist robots would start to really it would try not, and you make... Would, you yeah, would try to make better build. racist robots. <laughs> sure. so you would try to you know, it would raise the bar for racist <laughs> robots everywhere. Yeah. Because then, because they can really branch out then, and it's just like, oh, this one's like a Jewish stereotype yes, robot. Now like we're talking. All of the uh, Star Wars prequel characters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Here's the robot who uh, wants to get rich. This yeah, that's, that's great. This is, yeah, this is the robot that runs a bank on yeah. Mos Eisley. Yeah. He's kind of stingy with money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, well, right, I think well was we there anything else that anybody really w- wanted to get to before we, before we wrap up here? I think we touched on all of them. Yeah, you know? we did pretty. Yeah, um, covered a lot. Yeah, like I said, the just in general, the Messenger is a good film. Mm-hmm. Um, we should take these home. Yeah, we should our, definitely uh, yeah. take these home. 
Go right uh, ahead. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, The Messenger, to me, The Hurt Locker is the best film to come out. I know this isn't saying that much because not that many movies have come out about the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, mm-hmm. but The Hurt Locker is the best movie to come out about that thus far. Um, and The Messenger is, is uh, pretty intense about, for those of you who don't know, it's about the guys who go around and deliver mm-hmm. the family your son died yeah. or daughter died the yeah. casualty notification Ca- yeah casualty yeah. notification so I, I those are the two movies i'd like to plug just because uh they're small and um well especially the messengers really no no one's was in the theater for like an hour yeah um, but i think it'll get uh, they didn't because show the, the whole movie yeah they didn't. They just <laughs> cut up. sorry you're done we ran out of money <laughs> We can't afford the projectionist yeah. anymore. We, yeah. we need we need the screen for more Avatar. Yes. <laughs> Unless you're going to four wall it like Glenn Beck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, the Christmas sweater. Yeah. I was. Did you guys I, go to that? No, well, busy. There is a uh, great review yeah. on our site about uh, how insane Glenn Beck is. Uh, I, one Dave of our Anthony new, did. Yeah, it. our new reviewer Dave Anthony went and saw it. Uh, very. He took the hit, and man, he. He uh, excellent analysis. Excellent That's analysis. all we can say. <laughs> he, uh, I, I saw an ad for like a like a speaking tour with Glenn Beck and, and Bill O'Reilly, and it's like it goes, it goes uh, Beck and O'Reilly go head to head. I'm like, are they going to disagree on really? a lot? Like, They're is gonna this going to be head a, head. like a debate thing? I, it doesn't. They're seem just like going to argue on how should we exterminate liberals? <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> yeah, it's really. I have, I, you know, I have, I have uh, certain conservative tendencies, and uh, and I and. And I don't have cable, so I didn't see. I never really saw Glenn Beck, so I thought, well, what's you know what's so bad about him? And I was staying at a hotel, and I saw his show, and I thought, like, wow, this guy's <laughs> like he. It's like it's like when He's I first. It's like when I first saw Vertigo. This movie is as good as everybody says. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn Beck is as crazy yes. as everybody <laughs> says. That guy's a horrible person. There's, yeah, yeah. Being conservative is not the same as nuts. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a you know difference. what I mean? There's a huge difference. It's not like, on Fox, but there's a difference. You know, not, I mean, honestly, like the, the, the shit that goes on, they're so right wing and nuts. It's just like it's just like, you know, I'm I'm fairly liberal in a lot of my views. I'm an environmentalist, but those mm. idiots who set SUVs on fire, those hippies <laughs> no. that live and you know have compostable toilets and feel like they want to <laughs> set cars on fire is better for the environment than letting yeah. the car drive those people are crazy yeah the, cra- the thing is those left-wing wing nuts don't have their own network <laughs> right <laughs> and but i'm sure someone would argue otherwise yeah they do it's called cnn or msnbc, or MSNBC. MSNBC is pretty msnbc gets i have watched a little bit of keith Oberman, and he's uh like there's and uh yeah you he's guys so old. angry yeah, yeah those... he's he's mad as hell he's not going to take it anymore as yeah. evidenced by one little monologue he did where he literally put on the Peter Finch and Network trench coat and did like a, you know, ah. network kind of thing. And I was like, come on, man. Like, you're not that guy. <laughs> and you're also, not... that guy was crazy yeah. in the film. And Let's keep that in mind. not that entertaining. Yeah. Well, so. He's tall, though. He's tall. <laughs> <laughs> network, great movie. Yeah. By the way, yeah, real quick, I'll give go. a plug for Absolutely. that one. Netflix uh, it. All right, so you mentioned your website, Comedy Film Nerds. ComedyFilmNerds.com. ComedyFilmNerds.com. We have a podcast. You can go to the site, sign up for the podcast. It's It's free, of course. It's on iTunes. It's on iTunes, and uh, you can search for it there. And basically, our site is uh, professional comedians doing movie reviews and columns and talking about film. And we also have a very extensive store where you can buy and support comedians, filmmakers, and uh, we have DVDs, CDs, books, 
a lot of stuff, and uh, you can really a lot of stuff is signed and personalized. Short films for download and short films oh, wow. for download. We also have uh, some great mov- uh, movies, and everything split with the artists. I mean, the, the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know we split everything. When you and- when you buy on the site, you're supporting independent artists, com- comedians, filmmakers. You know, like Jackie Cation. We sell her CDs. If you think she's funny, you know we buy the CDs from Jackie. Yeah, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. So that you're 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 really supporting. Um, Comedians, filmmakers, writers uh, directly. And that's yes. that's our little pitch. And specifically for uh, Graham and I right now, Graham has his new CD out and it's on uh, on our site. He'll sign and personalize it for you. Comedians got a boo-boo. And I have uh, my new book called Pacify Me, a handbook for the freaked out new dad that's available from Simon & Schuster but signed and personalized from ComedyFilmNerds.com. If you uh, know a guy who's about to be a father, it's a good book to kind of shower gift, calm him down. It's a, it's a good book. So go to ComedyFilmers.com, read all the reviews, start listening to the podcast, and then the third Tuesday of every month, we do a live show, stand-up comedy and short film. This next show is February 16th at the yes. Improv in Hollywood, 8.30. It's only 5 bucks. There's no drinks to buy. Nope. And it's going to be a great show. It's We've got Mike Schmidt. We've got... Uh, Dean Haglund uh, from, from the X-Files. Right. And we've got uh, the short film I Am Stamos. And Frank Connick. <laughs> and Frank Connick, from, yeah, right. from Mystery Science oh. Theater. And, and he uh, was on our, our live show last yeah. night. Yeah, he's he's great. And uh, the movie I want to say about I Am Stamos, it's uh, one of those short films that cost the filmmaker a fortune to make. And it's about an actor who, uh, uh, through a twist of fate, gets John Stamos's face. And then John Stamos gets angry and comes after him. <laughs> it's a great short film. Does John Stamos still have his face? Or is it like face off? You have to just... watch the movie oh, to right. find out. Come to the improv. <laughs> and of course, and you're you're both on Twitter. I know because I yes. follow you both. Both yeah. on Twitter. We're on Twitter independently. Mine is at Graham Elwood, and I'm Myopic Prod for Myopic Productions. And then we have Comedy Film Nerds yeah. is there too, and on Facebook as well. And I will say uh, now, I've not read your book, uh, but when I, uh, you know, someday when I decide I want to. Stop sleeping. I'd read this Stop book. sleeping in. It's uh, actually good to read before. Yeah, okay. read it before. <laughs> okay. Because um, I read it and was like, oh, wow. I didn't, I'm never doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had my tubes tied. Yeah. <laughs> Which you can't do as a man, but there's certain countries where you can have the procedure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Not necessarily like those tubes, you know, just, just some, some kind of like some arteries. Tube. Everybody's <laughs> got tubes. Yeah, exactly. My intestines. <laughs> I don't. And yeah, which ones you want to tie? I've lost uh, so much weight. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've not, I've not read your book, but I did hear Graham's uh, CD and and it's uh, his album. I'm sorry. Uh, and it's it's, <laughs> it's my very, phonograph. It's, yeah. Long long play. Yeah. And it's uh, it's very funny. I highly recommend it. Uh, and it's it's available on iTunes or you could buy it through uh, through Comedy Film Nerds. And uh, so I'm a, if you if you like Graham, if you like him on this show, you'll love his stand up. Yeah. <laughs> so. Thank you. And of course, you can always find us at BattleshipRetention.com or uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Write us a review. That always helps. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Pretension. Uh, you can follow Tyler on Twitter at More Lessons, which is the Twitter for his uh, other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at morethanonelesson.com. dot com. Right. So now, David, what about your new project? Oh yeah, that's right. I've got uh, a, a new podcast. I recorded the first episode yesterday. It should be up this weekend. It's called Previously On, mm-hmm. and it's a look back at the week in television, yeah. uh, both on and off the screen. Yeah. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter. At that, uh, that's me and my friend Sean uh, at Previously On Show. Uh, that's show with no W. So, oh, all right. Thanks for listening. Oh, show. <laughs> show, yeah. <laughs> Previously on, show. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.